Well, hello and welcome to the Jazz Focus. My name is John Clark and happy that you're back with us and we're all here together today to hear some very good jazz. As uh, those of you who are regular visitors to the Jazz Focus know, we tend to focus on some narrower elements of jazz recorded history. For today, we're going to be listening to some of the first recordings made by the great bass player, composer, arranger, and jazz personality, Charles Mingus. Mingus was born in 1922 in Arizona, but he was raised just outside of Los Angeles, actually in Los Angeles, in the Watts area. Uh, he was, uh, if we believe the stories that he told in his uh, autobiography, Beneath the Underdog, he was raised as a white person for the first 10-12 years of his life before his mother uh, finally told him that he was, in fact, partly African-American. He had a very complicated racial history, white, uh, European, African-American, Chinese-American, uh, Native American, and so forth. And so he uh, identified with quite a few different uh, racial and ethnic groups. After he came to embrace the fact that he was African-American, he uh, started exploring the music of the black culture in Los Angeles and beyond as well. As a boy, he had taken cello lessons. He uh, was learning classical cello and uh, came to know that music reasonably well. And uh, after a certain amount of time in his late teens, he started uh, taking bass lessons with the noted jazz bassist Red Calendar. And uh, Mingus started playing in some of the local groups in Los Angeles in about 1940 or so, the time he was 18, 19. Uh, and quickly he uh, racked up a, an impressive series of credentials as a jazz player. He, within the next five or six years, played with... Uh, Luminaries such as Duke Ellington and his orchestra, a very brief time, with Louis Armstrong and his orchestra, Kid Ory, Barney Begard, Lionel Hampton, Red Norvo. Uh, he was a very in-demand bass player. He had, by the middle 1940s, which is when our recorded uh, survey is going to start, he had uh, developed quite an impressive bass technique. In fact, to the point where uh, people felt that even at that point, he was probably the best bass player playing jazz, even though his reputation was largely centered around Los Angeles, and he didn't, in fact, tour all that much. So, in addition to his local uh, notoriety as a player, he also uh, was noted as a fairly irascible person and uh, not someone who would be uh, easily crossed. Uh, he uh, started getting a little bit more... Uh, notoriety, I guess, on the national uh, scene. He uh, had some arrangements that were performed by Lionel Hampton's big band, even when he wasn't with it, and uh, he started, uh, people started talking about him, basically, as a successor, perhaps, to Jimmy Blanton, who had died of tuberculosis in 1941. So the recordings we're going to begin with were all locally produced uh, records from Los Angeles. The first set, we're going to be listening to music that was issued on the Excelsior label. That was one of the very small jazz labels that uh, sprung up in the wake of the uh, recording band strike that was instituted by the Musicians Union in 1942-43. This was uh, right in the uh, at the very end of World War II. These were in the fall of 1945. Excelsior Records was a company that was founded and run by the Rene brothers, Otis and uh, uh, Leon, who had uh, been songwriters earlier in the 1930s. In fact, they were responsible for Louis Armstrong's theme song, When It's Sleepy Time Down South, as well as a few other tunes from that period. 
So they had uh, started producing some jazz and early R&B records uh, in the middle 1940s, and somehow Charles Mingus uh, got a little bit of a recording contract with them. And the Charles Mingus Sextet uh, recorded in the fall of 1945. Don't know the actual date, but uh, that's close enough, I suppose. And we're going to start by listening to a couple of tunes from that session. And featured on here, in addition to Mingus, on bass and composition and arrangement, we're going to hear Nat Bates on trumpet. He had been uh, a performer in territory bands, most notably with the Nat Towles big band in the 1930s. He had recorded with uh, Horace Henderson's band, uh, and he was a a, a pretty... um, I won't say famous, but a, a pretty legendary trumpet player from the Midwest. Two tenor saxes, Maxwell Davis, who uh, had a very long career in Los Angeles as an arranger, conductor, as well as a player, and William Woodman, who was one of the uh, very prolific Woodman family uh, that included uh, Brit Sr. and Jr., who played with uh, Duke Ellington, Count Basie, and quite a few other players as well. Robert Mosley on piano, Roy Porter on drums, and Oradell Mitchell on the vocals. And we are going to hear... Uh, two tunes from that session. We're going to hear Texas Hop and Swingin' an Echo. Texas Hop was co-composed by Mingus along with uh, Griffin. I'm not exactly sure who Griffin was. And then Swingin' an Echo was a Mingus composition. Then we're going to uh, hear three more from uh, the Excelsior sessions. These are actually from January, the end of January of 1946. So the first session was successful enough commercially, I guess, to encourage the Rene brothers to bring Mingus back for another session. This is also the Mingus Sextet, but it's a lot more than six pieces. Carl George and John Plonsky on trumpets. Carl George is the trumpet soloist. He had been with Count Basie and many others. Henry Coker on trombone. Willie Smith, who was on a brief uh, vacation, I guess, uh, from the Harry James Band. Of course, he had played with Jimmy Lunsford all through the 30s and into the 40s, and he was currently with Harry James out on the West Coast. He's playing alto. Lucky Thompson, the great tenor sax player. Gene Porter played baritone sax and clarinet. Wilbert Barranco on uh, piano. Buddy Harper on guitar. Mingus, of course, on bass. And Lee Young on drums. Lee, the brother of Lester. We're also going to hear some vocals by Claude Trenier, who had sung with Jimmy Lunsford's band and uh, a little bit later had some hit recordings in the late rhythm and blues, early rock and roll period. And we're going to hear three tunes. Baby, Take a Chance with Me, uh, a Mingus ballad. He actually recorded this three times during this period. I happen to like this version the best. It features a very nice Willie Smith alto solo. Also, Shuffle Bass Boogie, which is kind of a prototype for his later tune, uh, the um, Boogie Stop Shuffle from one of his uh, classic recordings for Columbia later on. Then we're going to finish up with a, uh, an unusual composition called Weird Nightmare. And this features a vocal by Trenier and has some an interesting Mingus voicings as well. Mingus did the arrangements on all of these, and as the bands began to get larger, his uh, arranging prowess became more evident. And we'll hear some very uh, interesting uh, classical sounding, I guess we'd call it third stream arrangements from a little bit later. So that's our first set, though. This is more along the uh, straight jazz, bebop, Texas blues type of style that was prominent on the West Coast from the fall of 1945 and January of 1946 for Excelsior Records. We're going to hear Texas Hop, Swing in an Echo, Baby Take a Chance uh, with Me, Shuffle Bass, and Weird Nightmare.
turned and twist the bar. That's what really knocks you out. All there is for you to do is shake your hips and move in two. Just like you would Susie Q. If you knew your job was through, no, you know you're feeling fine when you swing with your off time. That's what puts you on the line. Makes your dancing groove and fine.
nightmare You haunt my every dream with nightmare Tell me what's your scheme Can it be that you're a part Of a lonely, broken heart With nightmare Must you torment me Midnightmare There's such pain and misery In a heart That's loved and lost Take away the grief it's caused Can't sleep at night Turn twisting fright With the fear that I'll live it all again In my dreams You're there to haunt me when you say she doesn't want me. I've been hurt, or do you know what that means? This nightmare, take away this dream you've gone with nightmare. Mend the heart that's torn and has paid the cost of love a thousandfold. Bring me a love with a heart of gold summary of uh, jazz styles in Los Angeles in 1945 and 46. And bear in mind that this was right after the time that Charlie Parker and Dizzy Gillespie went out to play at Billy Berg's Club in Los Angeles, which I think was in January of 1945. Uh, they were only there about a month or so. Berg stayed a little bit longer because he was incarcerated for a while at Camarillo State Hospital and continued making recordings, including with Lucky Thompson, uh, for Dial and so forth. So this was right at the beginning of the bebop period, and we have a mix of uh, players whose styles were swing and bebop. So we started out with uh, the Texas Hop and followed it with Swing and an Echo, both Charles Mingus tunes by the Mingus Sextet. Nat Bates on trumpet, playing a very swing-oriented trumpet. We've got some solos on both of those. Uh, we had Robert Mosley on piano, 
Uh, Mingus on bass, of course, Roy Porter on drums, and we heard Oradell Mitchell on vocal. And then we heard two tenor players, and the notes to the CD that uh, I'm taking most, if not all, of these tracks from uh, gives a sort of a breakdown of who plays what, and I'm not sure they're right, to be honest with you. I should mention that the uh, CD label is called Uptown, uh, flashback series, Uptown CD, which is uh, dedicated to the music of Charles Barron Mingus on the West Coast, 1945 to 1949. And and uh, we, the two tenor players are Maxwell Davis and William Woodman. William was known as Brother Woodman. Uh, Britt was his older brother, I believe, or actually, yes, his older brother, who played trombone, as I said, uh, most notably with Duke Ellington. And their father, uh, William B. Woodman Sr., was a trombone player who had been active in Los Angeles from the 1920s. He played on a number of recording dates uh, from that period, so he could be heard uh, doing quite a few uh, earlier style trombone solos on those. So on Texas Hop, we had uh, Maxwell Davis playing the first tenor solo and Woodman playing the shorter second one. On Swing and an Echo, it was switched around. Uh, William Woodman plays the first solo, which uh, was a little more in the style of, you'd have to say, Chew Berry. That was his model, as uh, Woodman said in an interview. Uh, Maxwell Davis came in later. It says in the notes that they traded fours, but if they did, it's so seamless you can't tell where they stopped and started. I think that was Maxwell Davis. And then there was a third uh, tenor. Uh, solo, and I think that also was Maxwell Davis on there. And we heard some very fine bass playing by Mingus uh, himself. Not quite as much compositional activity in that session, but uh, it's made up for in the next one, the Charles Mingus Sextet, which, as I mentioned, has a lot more than six people going on here. We have... Um, about 10 or 11 of them when you count them all. And we heard uh, Baby Take a Chance with Me, uh, which featured Claude Trenier on vocal and Willie Smith playing an alto sax solo. Again, he was on loan from the uh, Harry James Band. He was doing some of the Jazz at the Philharmonic concerts at the time. Then we heard Shuffle Bass Boogie, which featured uh, quite a bit of uh, Lucky Thompson on tenor, so marvelous, smooth tenor playing. He's a very underrated player who had replaced Don Bias with the Count Basie Band and took over some of his solo features, especially the Harvard Blues, which was the ultimate of smooth tenor solos. Uh, we also heard Buddy Harper on guitar. Uh, you didn't solo on that one, but Wilbert Barranco was on piano. He also led a big band that recorded with many of these same players about the same time, and Mingus on bass. And then we finished up with a, a real composition called Weird Nightmare, which included another vocal by Trenier, and that was a feature for uh, Lucky Thompson more than anything else, playing in a very evolved ballad style, which didn't take a lot from Coleman Hawkins. Uh, instead, it really uh, was leaning much more towards the Don Bias and then the Charlie Parker uh, school of playing as well. That tune, Weird Nightmare, was a composition and a, a very inventive and sophisticated arrangement by Mingus. We're going to hear another version of that same tune in the next set, and it's going to be called Pipe Dream there. So our next set, we're going on to several recordings that uh, Baron Mingus and his octet made for the Four Star record label. Baron Mingus was uh, what he was billed under. Uh, of course, we had Duke Ellington and Count Basie and Earl Hines, so uh, Mingus became the Baron. I'm not sure if that was his choice or the record company's, but there you go. And so this session comes from April 20th of 1946. Carl George and John Anderson on trumpet. We're going to hear Carl George take some solos on trumpet. Uh, again, 
again, Brother Woodman on tenor and baritone sax. Buddy Collette, who was a close associate and close friend of Mingus uh, from his early years, he plays alto and clarinet and plays some really superb alto uh, on here, and we'll hear some even better clarinet in the next set. But his alto playing uh, really was uh, quite definitive uh, and unique. It had bebop inflections, but it really had more to do with some of the great high swing era players like Willie Smith and Benny Carter. Uh, Britt Woodman plays trombone on here. Uh, Louis Spanier is on rhythm guitar. Mingus is on bass. Lee Young again on drums. We're going to hear some more Claude Trenier on vocal. And on piano is a woman named Lady Will Carr, and she was indeed a piano performer on the West Coast. She played in several all-female groups, but she uh, recorded with some uh, high-powered jazz uh, accompaniment as well, including... Uh, this session with Mingus. So we're going to start out with a tune called Bedspread, and that's actually by Buddy Collette. He uh, had done this arrangement and tune for an earlier group called the Stars of Swing, which also included Mingus, and he expanded it a little bit for the extra horn or two that are found in this Baron Mingus and his octet date. So we'll be hearing some fine playing on there by him on alto, along with Carl George on trumpet, and uh, Brother Woodman on tenor sax, and Lady Will Carr on piano. After that, we're going to go to a Mingus tune uh, that again involves some more composition and arrangement. This Subdues My Passion is the title. Another alto solo, great alto solo by Colette and uh, Britt Woodman on trombone. Then we're going to hear that version of Pipe Dream, which was a, a development of the tune we ended up the last set with, Weird Nightmare. This does not have a vocal on it, and it's a feature for the piano, Lady Will Carr. And the record was billed as being by Lady Will Carr with Baron Mingus and his octet. So not sure what the real connection was with, uh, with them, but uh, quite a nice record came out of it. After that, we're going to go to... Uh, a record company that uh, didn't exist for too long, Dolphins of Hollywood. Uh, the fellow who put that uh, recording company together was a man named Jack Dolphin, who was a used car salesman, believe it or not. Um, but some fine recordings came out of this as well. This is by a small group, Baron Mingus and His Rhythm. Not entirely rhythm, because it features Buddy Collette on clarinet. We're going to hear Jimmy Bunn on piano with Mingus on bass and Chuck Thompson on drums. This is from November of 1948, so jumping up a couple of years here, some wonderful clarinet and bass interaction on a tune called Mingus Fingers by Charles Mingus. He also arranged that for the Lionel Hampton Band. Then we're going to finish up with uh, a recording made for Fentone, yet another one of those small labels. Uh, this was Charles Baron Mingus Presents His Symphonic Airs. This was a very large group of 20 or more musicians, uh, so a very uh, sophisticated and evolved arrangement from the pen of Charles Mingus. They did three tunes on this date featuring the full band. There's one called The Story of Love. I'm going to play a different version of that in the next set. And then something called God's Portrait, which got some media coverage, but apparently didn't survive. It was If it was ever issued, it's been lost. The one we're going to hear is a tune that uh, Mingus did not write, but he did arrange, uh, a tune by Ralph Manza called He's Gone. And uh, this, uh, I'm not going to read the whole personnel here, but there are four trumpets, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six reeds on here, uh, a couple of different, uh, or three different trombones, a piano, bass, 
drums. The drummer is Carl Tider, who is better known as a vibraphone player, by the way, and an auxiliary percussion player. In addition to that, there was a, a classical flute and cello player as well. So quite a quite an ensemble here, and that was recorded in San Francisco, and will feature a vocal by Herb Gale, who was kind of an up-and-coming vocalist who never quite made it, but uh, he does well on this tune. He's gone. So those are our tunes for this set. Bedspread, This Subdues My Passion, Pipe Dream, a.k.a. Weird Nightmare, Mingus Fingers, and He's Gone.
trying to remember when you live those nights of happiness. How can I just say to you, you'll forget in a day or two? I can't lie, darling, I confess more nights when lights are low, you start to different sides of Charles Mingus and his various recording bands there. We started out with Bedspread, uh, the Buddy Collect tune that featured him on alto saxophone, uh, Carl George on trumpet, and uh, uh, excuse me, William Brother Woodman on tenor sax, along with Lady Will Carr on piano. And that was from uh, that four-star recording, April 20th of 1946, as was This Subdues My Passion, a Mingus tune and arrangement featuring Colette again and Britt Woodman on trombone. Then that very interesting version of Pipe Dream, which we'd heard in a slightly different form, is Weird Nightmare from a couple of years before that. On uh, this featured Lady Will Carr, not a very well-known musician uh, at all. The notes of the CD talk a little bit about her. I guess she came to a kind of a sad end due to alcoholism about 15, 20 years later. Uh, but it features her almost doing a, a concerto type of thing uh, with this tune. Uh, it's arrangement featured around her playing. Very interesting playing. 
Then we heard Mingus Fingers, a very different uh, type of uh, jazz with a small group. Buddy Collette, strictly on clarinet there, showing himself to be a, a better-than-good clarinet player and playing some arranged uh, lines with Mingus's bass. Mingus did the tune and the arrangement of Mingus Fingers, here done for Dolphins of Hollywood in November of 1948. Uh, Jimmy Bunn on piano, Mingus on bass, and Chuck Thompson on drums. Then we move over to San Francisco and the Fentone Recording Company, and we heard He's Gone, uh, featuring Herb Gale, playing, singing that sort of Billy Eckstein-style vocal. Very accomplished. Unfortunately, he didn't really uh, get too much uh, fame or fortune in his career, but very good singer. And with that very large group that Mingus called his Symphonic Heirs. Charles Barron Mingus presents his Symphonic Heirs. And uh, some very good playing, almost a, a, a through-composed arrangement. Not a lot of improv or jazz in there, but just a very beautiful arrangement. So we're going to hear a couple more tunes to finish off our Charles Mingus at the beginning set. I'm calling this Mingus Fingers, by the way. We're going to hear uh, another recording session for Dolphins of Hollywood, and this is, again, Baron Mingus and his rhythm, a slightly bigger band this time. Tommy Alexander on trumpet, Herb Caro on tenor sax, Bob Lowry on trombone, Don Trenner on piano, Charles Mingus on bass. He also takes a scat vocal on this number. Johnny Berger on drums, and uh, we're not going to hear Helen Carr singing on this particular tune, but she was on the session mate. The tune we're going to hear is called Boppin' in Boston by Charles Mingus. Again, features his singing, along with trombone, piano, trumpet, tenor sax, and bass solos. Mention here the piano player, Don Trenner, was the music director for um, a number of Hollywood uh, luminaries. Steve Allen, uh, he also worked extensively with Herb Ellis, with Dizzy Gillespie, uh, Bob Hope. He did... Uh, uh, lots of fine work. I get to meet him uh, towards the end of his life. He passed away in 2020 down in Connecticut where he'd lived for a number of years. Very fine piano player and arranger. Uh, he arranged sessions uh, for Ben Webster and many other people as well, as well as the singer Helen Carr, to whom I believe he was married at the time. So again, that's Boppin' in Boston. Uh, we're actually going to hear one before that. That's the second tune we're going to hear, Baron Mingus and His Rhythm, uh, one of those Fentone recordings from a few months earlier. This is February of 1949. We're going to hear The Lion's Roar, which is a co-composition by Mingus and uh, Herb Cairo. We talked about him on tenor sax on Boppin' in Boston. Here he plays baritone sax. He did not have a long career. He actually died less than a year after these recordings were made. He was quite young, but uh, he had been overwhelmed by the Charlie Parker experience, and unfortunately, took on his drug habit as well as uh, his uh, playing style and didn't uh, didn't go too much beyond the recordings we're hearing right now. Buzz Wheeler is on piano, Mingus on bass, and Warren Thompson on drums. So we'll start out with that one, Lion's Roar, and then we'll go to Boppin' in Boston. Then we're going to go to two tunes that were recorded for Rex Hollywood, yet another small label. This was done in the spring of 1949, and this is Charlie Mingus and his 22-piece bebop band, made up largely of Ken uh, Stan Kenton's sidemen. So this is, has a lot in common with the uh, He's Gone session we heard earlier. And I mentioned on He's, uh, that He's Gone session for Fentum, they recorded a tune called The Story of Love. They re-recorded that arrangement here, and we're going to hear this version. I won't read the rest of the personnel to you, but Mingus is on bass, along with his former teacher, Red Calendar. Two basses on that, with Roy Porter on drums and Russ Freeman on piano. So we're going to hear the story of love, and then we're going to end up with another Mingus composition and a very, uh, again, uh, evocative and complicated arrangement of a tune called Inspiration. 
So those are our four tunes for this set. We're going to hear The Lion's Roar, Boppin' in Boston, Story of Love, and Inspiration. Bam 
So these recordings were made between the time Mingus was 23 and 27, still a very young man, although his, his experience in various bands, as I pointed out, was pretty extensive even by that point. Uh, he'd had a lot of experience playing with uh, well-known leaders like Louis Armstrong and uh, certainly Duke Ellington, and then a little bit later Red Norvo for a while, Lionel Hampton, and then earlier styles of jazz were represented as well uh, with Kid Ory and Barney Begard. He really had quite a, a range of, of understanding of various jazz styles. And of course, as he started leading his own groups in the 1950s and uh, started making those series of classic albums for Columbia and Atlantic and different companies from the mid-50s up through the early 1970s, you get a sense of uh, African-American music being represented in many, many different ways, from gospel to uh, folk dancing to ring shouts and then jazz, blues, and what have you. Very, very uh, interesting corpus of works. And we have been listening to some of of the first of those. That set we just heard started out with uh, Lion's Roar, which was uh, done for the Fentone uh, Company in 1949, February 1949, and featured Herb Cairo on baritone sax. Again, he, had, he passed away not long after that due to drug overdose. If he had stuck around a bit, I think he would have become quite a famous player. His baritone playing was excellent, as was his tenor playing on the next tune, which was Boppin' in Boston, done for Dolphins of Hollywood uh, in early March. March of 1949, which also featured Tommy Alexander on trumpet, Bob Lowry on trombone, and Don Trenner on piano, as well as the composer and arranger Mingus on bass. Then those last two tunes by Charlie Mingus and his 22-piece bebop band, 
uh, a.k.a. Stan Kenton Sideman, show him off as a really effective arranger and a composer as well. Uh, the Story of Love was an interesting tune uh, that was simplistic a little bit in its in its uh, layout, but had some wonderful orchestral effects and featured Herb Caro on tenor sax on that one. Very very good playing. And then that very uh, almost nocturnal piece, Inspiration, that we ended up with, which had short trumpet and trombone solos, uh, but really the star was the composition and the arrangement. We had some fine bass playing in there as well by Mingus and, as I said, his teacher, Red Calendar. So this gives us a good idea of where Mingus came from and also of the sounds that you would have heard on Central Avenue in Los Angeles in the mid to late 1940s, the Central Avenue jazz scene really a very uh, interesting and, and, and uh, uh, fascinating musical scene, which was uh, blending elements of swing, bebop, R&B, uh, and early rock and roll, and, and really bringing those strands all together. So you've been listening to The Jazz Focus. My name is John Clark. I hope you've enjoyed this program and hope you make a habit of joining us. If you'd like to sponsor us, we would love that as well. Uh, hit that little button wherever it appears on your browser. Our home is anchor.fm, but we can be heard on Spotify and uh, Apple Music and all sorts of other uh, stations that carry fine podcasts. So if you'd like to sponsor us on a weekly basis or monthly basis or a one-time basis, either is fine. We'd love to have some more members of so, thank you, and I'll see you on the other side.